Are you ready to make 2017 the year you transform your life? You can wait for something to happen or you're actually going to decide to go, go home after this weekend to do something about that. We all know that we have a very, very limited amount of time on this earth. So let's not have repeated years. Live your own life. Make the choice, make the decision for your own life. Fear is where you develop courage. There's a moment going, holy crap, all right, I'm gonna do this now. The wellness breakthrough is coming. And so you actually have that choice every single morning, every single day, every single moment to decide whether you're gonna live it to the fullest or not. Join myself, Marcus Pierce, and the wellness guys, Damien Christoph, Lawrence Tam, and Brett Hill for two nights and three days of transformation at the country place. 10 acres of breathtaking rainforest in the Dandenong Ranges of Victoria, February 17 to 19. It's each and every single one of you are gonna support each other in your journey, whatever that journey is. Couples discounts available, limited spots remaining for all information and to watch the spine chilling video, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favorite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill, and this week I'm joined by Heather Kelly. Heather is an evolutionary sports nutritionist and certified psychology of eating coach. She was, she's the owner and operator of Open Nutrition and the creator of Heather's Choice. She was born and raised in Bird Creek, Alaska, um, and as of 2004, calls it home. In the summer months, she spent six seasons working as a raft guide between Alaska and Colorado. After college, she had the opportunity to be a boat captain on a 25-day trip down the Colorado Colorado River through the Grand Canyon, um, and she packed over 50 pounds of her own food, which is where her love for dehydrated food was born. She's developed recipes for Heather's Choice, which are nutritionally balanced and have the highest quality ingredients available, and they're all about foods you can eat while you're going adventuring, which I think sounds really exciting, and I'm definitely keen to find out more about. So welcome to the show, Heather Kelly. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Uh, it's great to have you on board, Kelly. I'm really excited about this one. You know, I... I like to think of myself as a bit of an adventure. I probably haven't been on anywhere as many adventures as I'd like to be, but it's something I'd love to be doing more of. Um, I just mentioned to you off-air, we're actually organising an adventure um, to the Kokoda Trail in Papua New Guinea um, in the middle of this year. Um, so fans of our podcast show can head to our Facebook page and find out more information about that and actually register their interest for that trip. Um, there is a specific link they can go to there to register their interest onto a newsletter list or an email list, um, which will provide all of the details about that trip when it happens. Um, but that's totally off topic for this interview, Heather. Um, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about your experience and your adventuring that you've done. Um, where did your love of adventuring in the outdoors come from? Well, living here in Alaska, being born and raised on the edge of Chugach National Forest made it pretty easy to kind of get 
involved in the outdoors at an early age. But honestly, when I started raft guiding, uh, right after I graduated from high school, that's what got me outside a lot more. And that's really where my love of boating came from. So some of my favorite trips that I've been on over the last couple of years have definitely been either rafting in big boats or a lot of pack rafting trips actually have it on my vision board that I'd love to make it down to your neck of the woods and get to off. Australia or New Zealand, ideally, and do some pack rafting. I heard it's world class down there. Well, we'd love to have you down here, Heather. That sounds awesome. Um, you know, I love the way you say boating. It's it's reminding me of my former co-host on the show, Stephanie, who was a Canadian. I know not not American, but Canadian. But uh, but she had a similar way of saying boating. So uh, it, it's it's fun to hear that accent again. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we try to get out on boats as much as we can. We were just sailing in December, actually down in Mexico, so that was a great trip. And over the summer months here in Alaska, we're usually out canoeing or rafting or taking aluminum hull boats out into the ocean to go hunting. And that's kind of the thing to do, in my opinion, if you're up here in Alaska. Um. So tell us about uh, obviously you know you're you're big on adventuring but you're obviously big on sort of health and wellness as well and, and very particular about what sort of foods you have into your diet. So where did your sort of dietary philosophy and approach come from? Sure, this is a question that I was just asked recently by a friend of mine. They were wondering why I was so geeked on paleo in particular and why that's the diet that I sort of re- latched onto at an early age. And when I left Alaska and went to college in Washington, I was immediately recruited for the women's rowing team, which I came to find out actually was a pretty uh, intense sport, but our school was doing really, really well at it. When I showed up as a freshman, they had already won two NCAA national championships. And by the time I graduated, we had won our sixth consecutive national championship. So I got pretty hooked on rowing Mm -hmm. in college and was always searching for the perfect diet because I knew that nutrition was a really important part of performing my best. And even after looking at raw foods and vegan and macrobiotics and every sports nutrition book under the sun, (laughs) it wasn't until I read The Paleo Diet for Athletes by Lauren Cordain that everything really started to click. And from there, went on to read Mark Sisson's book, uh, The Primal Blueprint, which I recommend to anybody and everybody. And when I graduated in 2010, I switched over to a paleo diet and really never looked back because it really helped with my digestion. It helped with my physique and it just felt a whole lot better following a paleo diet than I ever did on a really high carb grain-based diet for sports nutrition. So what were your recommendations from your coaches? I mean, did they have a diet that they suggested to you or did they just kind of let you all go on your own? Yeah, that's a great question. I got three pieces of nutrition advice from my coach in college and they were that chocolate milk was really good for post-workout. I should eat more bagels and that having a Snickers bar was better than nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So that pretty well sums it up that I think a lot of people who were college athletes can probably relate to the fact that their coaches didn't really talk about nutrition too much, which is obviously a sticky topic for a group of 30 girls in college. We're all trying to look pretty and perform well and eat dining hall food and whatever. 
but really there wasn't a ton of guidance. And so I really took it upon myself to learn as much as I could about eating for performance. Yeah, well, you know, the Snickers bar and the chocolate milk sounds like an absolute perfect recipe for looking pretty and performing well. I, I can't see how you can go wrong. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so, obviously, at some stage, you uh, you sort of decided to start applying these principles to your adventuring and uh, and creating meals and dehydrated meals that you were able to take with you on, I guess, some of these longer trips you were doing. I mean, you mentioned, um, you know, having to carry 50 pounds, which equates to about 25 kilos, maybe a little bit less of your own food with you for trips. Um, once again, I'm interested in this because we're going to be going to uh, to our Kokoda trip, and you know, some people use uh, use guides to carry their packs for them. I'm planning on carrying my own pack, so uh, you know, well, the weight of the food is going to be important for me. Um, tell me about how you started doing this and preparing your own foods to take with you. Sure. So right after I graduated from college, I'd made the switch to the super squeaky clean paleo diet and then was invited to come as a boat captain on a 25-day rafting trip through the Grand Canyon. And when I sat down to look at the menu for it, I realized there was a lot of stuff that I just didn't eat. You know, a lot of times it's granola and yogurt for breakfast, it's sandwiches for lunch, and then pasta dinners. And so instead of trying to bring a bunch of fresh food for this month-long adventure, I ended up getting a small five-tray dehydrator and spent the better part of a month dehydrating my own food for this trip because I knew that it was going to be cold, it was going to be long, it was going to be challenging, and I really felt like I needed some good healthy food to have with me on the water. So that's where my love of dehydrating food was born. That's great. You know, it's, it's funny you talk about that because I, I mentioned before how you say boat the same way as Stephanie, our former co-host, but it, it's actually reminding me of she did a big uh, trek in Australia where she went along, hiking along the Great Ocean Road and, and it's actually just reminded me that she did something very similar, which was she, she packed a lot of dehydrated food that she'd pre-prepared for the trip. And So um, when you're thinking about dehydrating your own food, what sort of foods are we talking about here? I mean, what sort of stuff are you preparing and what were the considerations you had in terms of what you put into the meals, you know, where you're really focusing on, you know, making sure you're getting enough healthy fats and proteins or you know, nutrient quality? What sort of things did you have to think about to try and create a balanced meal that was able to be dehydrated? There's a lot that goes into it, actually. So for dehydrating, I was playing around with everything under the sun. Of course, making fruit leathers was pretty easy. I actually made some pretty awesome instant mashed sweet potatoes, which is still one of my go-tos. I was making a ton of jerky and then just trying to start make these full balanced meals that I could simply add hot water to. So one of my original recipes was actually my mom's spaghetti recipe, but I used spaghetti squash instead of pasta noodles. And it's still one of the meals that we feature uh, in our adventure menu now for Heather's Choice. But imagine making your own marinara sauce with ground meat. You know, it can be beef, it can be bison, it can be whatever. And then you add a bunch of vegetables and tomato sauce and some spaghetti squash and herbs. And then once the meal is fully cooked, I would spread that onto my dehydrator trays and let it dehydrate overnight. And the next day, essentially my dinner leftovers <laughs> were now dehydrated and could fit in a small uh, quart-sized Ziploc bag. Yeah, okay, that was going to be my next question. So, so you then dehydrated all. I mean, in terms of like volume and weight, how much does a meal like that decrease when you dehydrate it uh, to, to get it ready to take with you? 
It's quite a bit. So if you took, let's say, a pound of food, so if you served yourself up a, a pound of chili or spaghetti or whatever, and you poured that onto a dehydrator tray, it would lose about 75% of its weight. So suddenly, instead of being 16 ounces, it's now four ounces, mm-hmm. which as you can imagine, is really going to stack up if you're going for a really extended trip and carrying it all on your back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you could decrease the weight of your pack by, you know, 75%, that makes a massive difference to the amount that you're carrying, particularly, you know, if you're doing any sort of distance with that, you know, even just a a kilo or two can really start to add up over the, you know, over the course of a couple of days or a couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where it was really fun to take these really healthy whole foods that I was used to eating and then dehydrating them to not only reduce weight, but also to make them shelf stable. Because as I'm sure a lot of your listeners who are paleo enthusiasts already know, you can only eat so many tins of sardines (laughs) or so many packets of tuna before you're like, okay, I just want a really hot, delicious meal and not to be eating strictly cold shelf stable products. Yeah. So, how long can you go for, Heather? Like if you're using these dehydrated meals, how many days or weeks worth of, uh, of meals can you reasonably carry with you uh, without having to sort of restock and replenish your food supplies? That's a great question. I haven't done too many super extended backpacking trips. A lot of our trips are closer to three or four days if we're using our pack rafts and just getting out and then hiking and floating somewhere. But last summer, we did a trip where we were on the water for 10 days sea kayaking, carrying all of our own food. And we were totally comfortable, very well fed and could have gone much, much longer. So I anticipate that depending on the weight of the other things in your pack, you know, you could be out there for maybe even a couple of weeks and thriving on dehydrated food. That sounds great. Well, yeah, because we, as I said, we're planning on this Kokoda adventure. We're planning on doing it in seven days. So it sounds like that'd be well within the realms of possibility to to just carry all the food with us and, and have it all ready to go from the start, which is great. Um that sounds really interesting. So you've you've obviously now taken this on board um, and decided to make it into a company. So how did that decision come about for you, Heather? <laughs> well, it's a kind of a funny story because it actually came up as sort of a triple dog dare. Uh, I had been talking about Heather's choice since that first Grand Canyon trip and saying how fun it would be to have my own line of food and continue to play around with recipes and product development for years until finally in 2014... I had a good friend of mine who basically said, I triple dog dare you to actually start selling your products and not just giving it all away. And so I started an online shop, heatherschoice.com. And we've been in business about two and a half years now. And it's just been going nuts on us. You know, we are constantly running out of food and always trying to (laughs) figure out how we can make more because there were so many people who were really excited about having a healthier lightweight dehydrated food option for all their backcountry trips yeah it, it it is exciting i'm excited about it because as i like getting out and adventuring and hiking and camping and all those sort of things so this sounds like just an, an awesome option and an awesome way to do it and, and i like the idea of someone else doing all the dehydrating for me that sounds really nice now mm-hmm. Heather, you're gonna have to explain to me though what a triple dog dare is because i'm not familiar with that term down in australia it sounds serious it sounds like something you have to <laughs> You, know, you have to take very seriously. So what does a triple dog dare entail exactly? 
Well, just, you know, if you don't do it, then you're going to be uh, called a sissy. So I don't know if you have sissies down in <laughs> we, Australia. But. We, have, we, we have lots of sissies. I, I may be one of them. So we, we definitely have them down in Australia. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what the Australian equivalent would be of a dare. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think I think maybe maybe a double dare we have. I don't, I don't know if that's that – doesn't, that doesn't, doesn't sound as, you know, significant as a triple dog dare. That, that sounds really serious. So I'm, I'm sure the listeners might be able to let me know what the Australian version is. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, so, Heather, you have heaps of different meals now. I mean, how many different meals do you actually have in your product range now? Right now we have six dinners, six breakfasts, and six flavors of our coconut packaroons, which are a small coconut cookie that have about 320 calories per pack. So they pack a lot of fuel for all of your long distance days on the trail. Yum. They actually sound really good. I'm looking at the yeah, sweet coconut packaroons, black espresso packaroons. Dark chocolate chili. That sounds great. Um, <laughs> you've got so many different options here that it seems like, you know, it, it's great to think that you can have, I guess, different meals each day as well. Like, you know, sometimes when you get some of those dehydrated meals, they all kind of seem a bit the same and they all kind of taste a bit the same. Um, but by the looks of it, you know, the ingredients you've got in these and the variety you've got in these, I guess it enables people to be able to go on a longer trip and not feel like they're having to eat the exact same thing every single day. Absolutely. And that's really my ultimate goal with the business is I would like to have a full product line where for your trip, let's say, if you were headed out for six days, you would basically head to our website, you'd have a drop down menu where you could pick out your hot drinks, your breakfast flavors, your snacks, your dinners, your desserts, you know, your evening hot drinks, and we would be able to pack all that up for you and it would fit and like an eight and a half by 11 or a gallon size Ziploc bag. And each day would just be labeled. So you would know, okay, this is my day one food. And then you'd have your day two, three, four, five, six. And I think that would be a really awesome service for us to provide to folks like yourself in the future. That sounds brilliant. Now I've got to ask the dark chocolate chili, is that a food or is that a drink? It's a food. So we take uh, grass-fed bison and we cook it with a bunch of seasonings. And then we add yams that are diced and a bunch of tomatoes. And we create a nice thick, almost like a stew. And then we spread that on the dehydrator trays, dry it until it weighs about four ounces per serving. And then we pack that up in a bag. And so all you would have to do is add about 10 ounces of hot water and it would rehydrate and be ready to eat in 20 minutes. Hang on. So the dark chocolate chili has bison? Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, there you go. That wasn't what I was expecting it to be. So that's actually a meat-based meal. That's cool. And, and I like the mum's paschetti. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what sort of spaghetti is that? Is that zucchini noodles? Is that... Uh, spaghetti squash, that hard winter squash. I don't know if you guys have that in your neck of the woods, but it's delicious. Beautiful. That sounds like some great options. So, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, I guess the other options that are out there, like in terms of, you know, the the standard fare, like, you know, as I said, we're booking this trip, you know, if I was to go with just the regular tour company and eat, you know, the dehydrated meals they're likely to provide, what sort of ingredients would I be likely to find in the, the standard um, dehydrated fare? 
It's going to be pretty radically different. So the first difference that you'll notice is that you're likely to get freeze-dried food instead of dehydrated. And freeze-drying is a pretty different process from dehydrating. And it creates food that will last, you know, say 20 or 30 years. It's incredible what the shelf life can be. Hmm. However, the food is almost puffed. Like, I don't know if you've ever had astronaut ice cream or anything like that. But the food does take up a little bit more space in your pack than a dehydrated version. So our food only has a shelf life of a year. However, it takes up a lot less space in your backpack Mm. and is really lightweight. But if you go and get a a Mountain House meal or an MRE or any of these other brands that specialize in freeze-dried foods – it's likely going to be grain-based. So you're either going to have rice or pasta. You might have beans and rice, or you may have uh, something equivalent to a lasagna that has wheat and dairy. And that was really the problem that I found is that there wasn't any shelf-stable backpacking food products that were gluten, soy, and dairy-free. And obviously that means a lot to me with my dietary restrictions. So I wouldn't say that you're going to find too many other brands out there that have as quality of an ingredient list as we do because we're very intentional about it. Yeah, no, my memories of dehydrated foods from my early uh, scouting days as a child were not particularly pleasant. I, I don't remember them being particularly, uh, seeming particularly nutritious, <laughs> certainly not sure. seeming particularly tasty. They were just kind of this gluggy, wheat-based, stewy kind of, they, they really just look like dog food and kind of tasted mm-hmm. a bit like dog food. So um, I, I think the uh, the quality of ingredients you're putting into yours certainly sounds like a step up from there. Um, now, Heather, if people are wanting to do this for themselves, you know, many people will, will want to, you know, have a dehydrator already or want to get a dehydrator and try and do this for themselves. You know, what are the things that they need to look out for? You know, for instance, I remember making jerky um, and one of the mistakes I made at one time was using meat that was too fatty for the jerky, which, which meant that it didn't really last uh, as it was supposed to. So, you know, what are the, what sort of tips and tricks can you give to people who are thinking of doing their own dehydrated meals? Sure. You hit the nail on the head there that for a lot of your dehydrated food experiments, you want to choose some lower fat foods. So like you mentioned, choosing meats that are a lot leaner. Uh, Also, one of the big tricks I found is that I needed to actually cut all of the food into really small pieces because if you end up with a fairly large chunk of food that you're trying to dehydrate, it might case harden, meaning it'll dehydrate on the outside, but it'll still be moist on the inside. Mm. And it can be really difficult. Even something like a blueberry, it can be hard to get it to dehydrate unless you pierce the skin on the outside to allow the water to run out of it. So definitely encourage people to make sure they chop up their food nice and small, whether it's vegetables or fruits or meats or whatever. And if you're going to be purchasing a dehydrator, make sure that it has a fan and that you can adjust the temperature on it. Uh, You also want to make sure that you have fruit leather sheets, which are almost like a thick plastic that you put onto your dehydrator trays. And you would use those for making fruit leathers or soups or stews. And it just keeps the food from falling through the trays, obviously onto the floor. If you don't have fruit leather trays, you can use aluminum foil or even a plastic wrap if you really needed to. But I use my fruit leather sheets all the time. Uh, I love my dehydrator that has the temperature gauge. 
And then finally, I mentioned that you have a, you need to have a dehydrator with a fan that goes without saying, but if you see that the fan is at the back of your dehydrator, you really want to make sure to rotate your trays so that the food dehydrates evenly. Or if your dehydrator fan is on the top of the machine, you want to rotate the trays so that the food on the bottom gets rotated to the top. And you typically want to do that every few hours to make sure that the food is dehydrating evenly. That's a great tip, actually, Heather, because, yeah, I've got uh, one of those nine-tray Excalibur dehydrators, which I absolutely love, uh, but it does have the fan at the back. So um, that's a good tip. I'm going to have to make sure I do that from now on is, is rotate it around. Um, in terms of the, the dripping trays or the, the trays, because I've really I've done things like jerky and I've done dehydrated fruits and those sort of things, but I've never done something like a stew. And so I can see how, yeah, using obviously the mesh that's just going to drip straight through. Could I use something like baking paper? Would that work? Yeah, that would work great. And what I would recommend is that if you use a baking paper, if you could take a spray olive oil or a spray coconut oil and make sure that you put a little bit of grease on that baking paper, it'll keep the final product from ultimately sticking to the paper. <laughs> so whenever I'm doing fruit leathers, I use a spray coconut oil and you know you can't tell a huge flavor difference, but it really helps peel that product off of the leathers at the end nice that's a really good tip all right so we've spoken about what to avoid in terms of uh, you know mistakes you can make dehydrating food but what about what to include what what are your favorite things to put into your dehydrated meals Heather? and what are, what are your favorite meals oh my goodness there really isn't anything that i don't put onto the dehydrator <laughs> to be totally honest i'm um, worried now where's this gonna go yeah, we usually if we ever have leftovers that we just can't possibly eat before they spoil, I'll make sure to put those under the dehydrator. Uh, I dehydrate a lot of bananas for making banana chips because, mm-hmm. you know, can usually never keep up with those things. Uh, we have a currant bush or a berry bush in our yard and we'll pick you know, say 20 pounds of berries and just spread them on the dehydrator trays and dehydrate them. That's a great way to store excess Mm -hmm. fruit. Uh, I also really like, like I said, making soups or stews that are nice and thick. So like if you made a carrot pureed soup that was, you know, really delicious with curry or salt and pepper or whatever, however you want to flavor it, you can pour that onto the dehydrator trays with that baking paper like we talked about before yeah. and make your own instant uh, pureed soup, which is awesome when you're on the trail and you're sick of drinking water, but you need to be rehydrated. Uh, there's nothing better than like a really good savory soup while you're out there. Yeah. So do you need to like fold up the corners of the baking paper or does it just you just have it thick enough so that it just kind of sits on there? You know, ideally, you would make it to where it was thick enough that it had the consistency that you could pour it out of your blender, but it would kind of hold its shape. And then you could use a spatula or something to kind of smooth it out so that it's about uh, a quarter of an inch to an eighth of an inch inch thick. So if you want it to be nice and even just similar to your jerky, you probably cut it to the same thickness. Yeah, yeah, got it. All right. Uh, you can probably tell I'm a bit excited about this idea and I'm, I'm gonna, I've am going i got my dehydrator. I'm going to get it out and I've got a whole bunch of new ideas of what I can do with it. So uh, I hope everyone can bear with me while I'm asking questions purely just for me, but I'm hoping other people will want to know the same questions that I'm asking too. Um, so what's your recipe for the banana chips? Do you put anything else onto those or is it just dehydrated bananas? 
Nope. I just slice the bananas thin, similar to the jerky, and lay those in a single layer on the dehydrator. You can add cinnamon. Uh, I add cinnamon to everything, just like I dehydrate everything. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I know that some people will actually dip them in sort of like a lemon juice and water mixture in order to keep them from browning. Uh, but I really don't mind if they aren't yellow when they come off the tray. They're just a little bit more brown than when they started, but they're super delicious. Another good one is making tomato chips. So you just slice tomatoes and put those on the trays with some savory herbs and some salt. Uh, you can do that with sweet potatoes. You can make all kinds of different fruit and vegetable chips. And I would be surprised if they actually make it out the front door on your adventure <laughs> with you because you'll probably just eat them straight off the trays. <laughs> well, that's, that's always the biggest challenge I find with the dehydrated chips and things like that is like you have to wait 12 hours or however long it is to make them and then they're eaten in like 20 minutes and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got to start again, especially with little kids. They love those things. You know, the, the sweet potato chips and the beetroot chips are definitely favorites in my house. And, uh, but yeah, they get eaten so much quicker than they get made. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for coming on with us today, Heather. Uh, people are going to want to find out more about your products. Obviously, the great thing about dehydrated meals, I guess, is they're easily shipped to anywhere in the world. Um, so if they want to find out about your foods, they, you, they can find out about them at heatherschoice.com. Um, do you know if they're able to be shipped to Australia, Heather? Yeah, we actually have quite a few hunters that are customers of ours based in Australia, and we recently shipped all kinds of goodies to them, so people can order through our website, and we do international shipping. Beautiful. Well, we might have to chat to you about shipping some stuff to Papua New Guinea, Heather, because uh, we might need that for our trip. It sounds like just what we need. So, as I said, go to the website, heatherschoice.com. Check her out on Instagram at heatherschoice. Um, and at the website, obviously, you'll find all those different meals, breakfast, entrees, main meals, the whole lot for for any of your trips that you're planning on going on. Um, it's a great way to make sure that you're still able to get that healthy food without having to resort to the packaged, processed chemical laden stuff that you often find in the camping stores so thank you so much for coming on board today heather yeah thank you so much have a wonderful trip pleasure so until next week join the conversation on facebook you can also go there to see the link to sign up for the newsletter and get information about our kokoda trip give us a five-star rating on itunes join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com and let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide join us next week on that paleo show This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.